Hey, what's up, guys? It's Joel. If you guys haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Heat vs. the World podcast. And now, stand up. And make some noise for your host, Joel Jacob. What's up, Heat Nation? Welcome back to another episode of the Heat vs. the World podcast. Like always, I'm your host, Joel Jacob, and you can follow me on Twitter at JoelKJacob underscore. Now let's meet our correspondents for today. First, we got Anthony. What's up, y'all? The Miami Heat are 5-0 since my last appearance. Y'all welcome. And then right after that, we got George. What's up, guys? We're still number one. And then last but not least, Brian. What's up? All right, so let's start off today's episode by talking about the Heat adding on to their winning streak. Um, as you guys know, they went on to beat the Pelicans and then took care of business against Brooklyn this past Saturday. These two wins helped improve the Heat's record to 37-20 and 20, while still being the best team in the Eastern Conference standings. With that being said, what are y'all's reactions to the Heat's ongoing success? Start us off, Anthony. Well, they finally got their starting five back. I'm talking, obviously, Lowry, Duncan, Jimmy, PJ, and Bam. So it's nice to see that they've been clicking. And I know the advanced stats on those guys have been really, really good too. So it's nice that they're finally healthy and everything. And to me, the thing that is most awesome, especially we saw in the New Orleans game, not as much in the game against Brooklyn, uh, but Bam took 21 shots in that uh, New Orleans game. That's He tied his career high and he just took 21 shots again. It was a couple games before that. So it was nice to see Bam continue that aggressiveness because I'm pretty sure we all agree when Bam was aggressive, that just elevates his team to a completely other tier because he's a mismatch for 99% of the league. So it's so exciting to see him actually start to realize that nobody out there can guard him. So that's just kind of my biggest takeaway. And if he can keep that up, this team, oh man, even without that, they were scary, but that just makes them all the more dangerous. Right. And you, Brian? Uh, yeah, they continue to play well. I mean, they've played well all season. They're, they're the number one team in the East for a reason. Um, we know how good they are, right? I think it's just at this point, you know, I'm kind of not even really thinking about like regular season wins. Like everything that they do from now on is going to be, you know, kind of like criticized or scrutinized with the playoffs in mind. Um, I think the last game, the only really concerning thing was that they blew a 21 point lead. But, you know, you got to give credit where credit is due to Kyrie Irving. Like it doesn't matter how bad of a team you're playing, if you have a guy that good, a big lead can go in a quarter if he's, if he's just going to binge offensively. So, uh, but you know, in the playoffs, when you're also seeing Kevin Durant, that's a problem. Uh, but outside of that, man, I'm happy. 
the team is rolling, doing what we kind of expect them to do. Right. And how about you, George? Yeah, look, I can't be, we, we can't get much happier than a 5 0 um, win streak right now. Everyone's playing to the most of their abilities. Um, having Larry back has just been an absolute, just a godsend for us because you can see what he does for us on both sides of the floor. Just, just passing out of his mind, just he's playmaking for us was the missing piece for this team. And you can see that. And also, you just got to give credit to Bam because Bam finally, finally realized he can play the game of basketball. And he's actually, you know, a, de- a decent player at that. He's plus 47 from his last two games. Um, and that's, that's incredible. So give him the ball. It, it, it's working. When he's on the floor, we're a better team. I think that the, the, the fact that we blew the lead was just more due to the fact that Bam wasn't on the floor. When Spolstra took him out, we just looked considerably worse. And we can't let that happen. But we're going to have to find a way to work around when he's not on the floor, when he can't play those heavy minutes for, for whatever reason. But, you know, besides that, we're, we're all happy. Right. And, you know, to talk about Bam Adebayo real quick, you know, there was an article that um, Wes Goldberg put out, which, you know, caught my eye for a quick second. Because so basically before this win streak started, you know, you had the Celtics loss not too long ago where the Heat lost by 30. And, you know, according to what Wes wrote in this article, Bam took this personal, you know, he didn't like that. He only took 11 shots in almost 32 minutes he played, which according to the article was just as many shots as Caleb Martin took, you know, with Bam being the, being the one and only star available for the Heat in this game, you know, he felt a lot of guilt and felt a lot of pressure that, you know, he should be going out there and taking more shots and being more aggressive, you know, and then I want to read this specific line from the article that Wes wrote. It says, as the team set off for a game in Toronto, the next night Adebayo told coaches and teammates, I need to be aggressive, not just for me, but for the whole team. And I mean, shoot, that's exactly what Bam has been doing so far. You know, although Miami didn't win, he played great against Toronto and he's played phenomenal these past five games that we've won so far. So overall, it's just very encouraging to see him continue to be aggressive. And I know for us as Heat fans, you just want to see him continue to get better. And to be more aggressive like this, this just adds on. You know, this is more fuel to the flame. So, you know, that's one major thing. And for this next topic now, I do want to focus on his past trade deadline for the Heat. Because aside from the Casey Apollo trade, no other move was really made from their end, keeping their roster the way how it is. Although the Heat chose to keep things the way they are, other teams in the NBA still went out to make some big trades of their own. So because of this, I have two questions to ask you guys. To start off, are you all fine with the Heat not making any trades? And second question, was there any trades from other teams in the league that stood out to you guys? Uh, give us your thoughts, Brian. Uh, I, I think I'm fine with the fact that they didn't make any trades. I mean, from the perspective of just like someone who likes entertainment and chaos, it kind of would have been cool if they made a big splash, but they didn't need to. Like they're the best team in the East. They've been one of the best teams in the NBA. There was no big shakeups necessary. And I think that from the Heat perspective, you're probably saving your salaries, you know, your biggest asset, entire hero, your draft picks for a trade in the offseason. 
you know, if a Donovan Mitchell or Bradley Beal or Brandon Ingram or whoever, maybe someone we don't even expect acts, acts out. Um, though I do think that not getting a backup for P.J. Tucker could come to bite them. I and mean, we've got to consider that this guy is 36 going on 37. He plays hellacious defense, right? Um, he's played the five in Houston, and he's only 6'4". Like, this dude is is 6'4", banging with much bigger guys and, you know, chasing guys in the – like, it's just – it's a lot for that – for a 36-year-old body to handle. Um, and if he goes down, like, you can basically throw the season into the, into the toilet. Like, this, this team is not going far without P.J. Tucker. So, getting somebody that can take that pressure off him, maybe as the season winds down, you can rest him some days and kind of plug in a guy – and I think the supposed answer to that is largely going to be playing two bigs to keep P.J. Tucker off the floor. Um, but that's my only concern. It, it, it really is. Uh, outside, in terms of trades that surprised me, nothing really. I mean, we all kind of knew about the, the James Harden stuff um, a little bit. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, the only, the only big thing about the trade deadline I felt was that a lot of teams in the East got better and the Heat didn't. And I think that's because, you know, they're waiting on Big Oladipo to come back. But the Heat are still in a really good position. So, we're good. Right. And you, Anthony? Man, everybody's talking about, you know, James Harden and Ben Simmons and this and that. To me, the Miami Heat won the NBA trade deadline because they got rid of KZ Akpala. I'm sorry, KZ, if you listening, bro. I like you. The, se- the team seems to like you. You seem like an awesome dude. But at moments, it looked like you never touched a basketball in your life, which is fine. You know, he was going to be a developmental project. And COVID got in the way of that a ton. You know, there was no uh, training camp and stuff and G League and whatnot. So it's not all his fault. Unfortunately, the timing was just never right for the Heat. And suffice to say, I'm, I'm kind of happy off this team because really everybody was playing except him. And I know he had a wrist injury and stuff like that, but truthfully, even when he was healthy, you were getting minutes from you, uh, 41-year-old Udonis Haslam over him. So that kind of tells you what spoke things of Casey Akpala. So just the fact that they got rid of him, got a second-round pick in return, which net overall, they still lost second-round picks because they traded three to get him. Uh, but the fact they got a second-round pick in return, unlocked another first-round pick because, you know, they removed protections and, and whatnot. I was certainly very happy with that trade. Even going into the deadline, that's kind of what I expected. I figured they would move KZ for roster spot purposes, so now they can give Kay Lamar in a standard deal and still have room in the buyout market. So that's kind of what they did, and I'm certainly happy about it. I know we're going to get into later, so at least now they have the opportunity to bring someone into the team. As far as other teams, uh, kind of like Brian was saying, it's really what we expected. I wasn't surprised when the Harden deal went through. I think it makes both those teams better, but there's still a lot of factors and variables that we have to see before I'd really be scared about either one of those teams. But I suppose both teams got better. They both kind of got something that they needed. Uh, and other than that, uh, something that surprised me was the Goron trade. I know a lot of Heat fans that wanted Goron to come back, wanted him to get traded so he can get bought out. But the trade itself just kind of surprised me because the, uh, the Raptors traded a first-round pick and Goron to get Thaddeus Young. And the reason that surprised me is because a lot of people thought Thaddeus Young was also going to get bought out. And he'd be, you know, another potential good option for the Heat, but not anymore because the Raptors gave up some assets to get him. And they already have like a bunch of switchy fours and stuff. So it was a little weird that they pulled the trigger on that trade, but uh, at least Guan was traded. So there's the potential he gets bought out and comes back. But that's kind of my thoughts on the, the deadline. Right. And how about you, George? 
Yeah, there, there weren't many trades that did surprise me. I think we did expect a lot from um, the Harden that, that, you know, the gravity of that trade really um, shook the league. But the, the, I was going to say as well, the, the Goran trade did surprise me because um, it, it just, I, I thought honestly he was going to get traded to a place uh, where he was going to contend with them, basically. I don't think he was actually going to get bought out. So, sorry, we got what we wanted. But there's no really real endpoint in sight with him. I don't know about the Goran returning to Miami. I think that's a real, um, you know, that's a gray area. Along a lot of people, a lot of people think that he can be something for us on the bench. A lot of people think that, you know, he's, he's future lies elsewhere, but we just don't know what's going to happen with him. I, I think with the buyer market as well, which is really important, is that we're going to, I think the Heat will have a look into that as well, but there's not really any, you know, concrete guys that we should be going after. It's, it's a pretty weak buyer market, in my opinion. But look, the Heat did win the trade in my the trade deadline in my eyes because we positioned ourselves for, for future moves and for, you know, something if something was to go wrong and the team didn't perform up to standard, the Heat would be looking to make moves in the offseason and getting that first, first overall pick, uh, sorry, first, first round pick unprotected was a very, very important move for us because being able to move that is the only way to get stars these days. People are looking, teams are looking to offload their stars um, to then rebuild. So if, if you know, the Heat found themselves in a situation where they wanted to move on from a player like Tyler Hero and Duncan, they can do that, make the salaries work in the offseason to get, get a player like uh, Donovan Mitchell, if that would be the case, if he wanted out of Utah, I'm not saying that he does. But look, I think the team's in a good place right now. Spolstra knows what he wants, what he, what he, um, what he can do with his team. And we're proving it right now. We're the first, first team in the East. We can't really, you can't make that up. You can't fluke that. At the end of the day, there's, there's big expectations on this team. They know that. Um, PJ Tucker also does worry me uh, with, with his age and the, the way he plays is so reckless, but there's going to be a way that Spolster will, will, he always finds a way. There's no, unless it's going to go to uh, getting a player like Paul Millsap in the buyer market market. But I doubt that's going to be the case. So, you know, by minute distribution and um, and you know, and building the lineups to really keep him out of harm's way of of, of like 35, 37 minute games, you know, when when, he, when he's really important and counts is um is the next move. But you know, we got Oladipo coming back. We have got a lot of things to look to look forward to as a team. We're in a good place, and Spolstra knows that as well. Right. And Anthony, I know you have something you want to add. Yeah. Well, first of all, I, uh, that was well said, George. I know a lot of Heat Nation was freaking out because they, I mean, the one move they made seems very small, but adding that flexibility that they added is actually quite huge in the long run. Uh, so I hope Heat fans can start of, you know, start to acknowledge that. And I know they both, uh, George and Brian both spoke on, you know, adding some PJ Tucker insurance, which is super important, of course, because of how, you know, because of his age and because of his experience. And I know the big name that we kind of kept hearing closer towards the deadline was PJ, uh, PJ Washington. And I certainly like PJ Washington. It sounds like most of the heat nation does. I think he would have fit that backup role really well. If you could have did it for KZ and Markeith, it would have been a no brainer, but obviously after they traded KZ, the name you kind of heard or the package, you kind of heard Omer and Markeith. I wasn't against it, but I wasn't, you know, a hundred, a hundred percent on it. Like a lot of heat nation was. The reason why it makes sense is kind of what everybody said. You need P.J. Tucker insurance. P.J. Washington gives you that now. This is a win-now team. Omer, of course, he's a good player, but he's probably still, you know, 
two to three years away from reaching, you know, his full potential, kind of, you know, fixing a lot of the flaws that he has. But the kind of the way I looked at it is obviously Omer is the backup for Deadman. Uh, so he's Deadman's insurance. As far as PJ, if you had to, you can kind of do a little more flexibility. If something was to happen to him or you had to give him some rest, you could always slide Jimmy down to the floor and then maybe play Duncan and Shrews next to each other or slide Caleb down to the floor and add an extra guard in there. If you were to lose Deadman, well, now all of a sudden it's your only really big you have is, uh, is Bam. So that's why I think having at least another big in Omer, having that insurance is way more important than getting another four because you can kind of play around with the four and kind of put anybody you want there. Of course, nobody can do what PJ does as good as him, but you know, you could put Caleb at the four. If you had to, you can't put Caleb at backup center if Deadman was to get hurt. So that's why I'm glad they kept Omer and I'm happy with the moves that he made. Right. You know, overall, you know, I said this before and I'll say it again, you know, in past pods, this was probably one of the first trade deadlines in a while where I'd be satisfied regardless of what the Heat did. If the Heat were to make a trade, I'd be fine with it. If they didn't, I'd be cool with that too. You know, I love this team and I honestly think we can make some noise come playoff time. And I know you guys feel the same way. And, you know, now that the trade deadline is officially over, the bio market is now in full effect. So seeing the players who have been bought out so far, like, is there any name specifically that you think the Heat should go for? Like, I know, George, you specifically said, um, what is it, that the market seems kind of weak right now. But, like, is there any names for you, at least, that you think the Heat should probably think about? Yeah, personally, I, I'm I'm a fan of, of Paul Millsap. I know he's definitely um, – he's up there in age. He's 37 now. But he does offer that big body that we, we, we would like as well. Another name is um, he's Derek Favors doesn't stretch the floor like Millsap can. So I think he's done a very appealing option um, for Pat. But um, the fact that he's only 30 and his contract is, is 10 million would be a little bit more of a um, of a sweetener in that deal. The, the, I don't know if OKC would commit to paying some of his um, his wage, but I doubt that very much. And the other name is Goran. Look, we, we, we already talked about Goran. He's going to be very aggressively scouted by other teams. He's going to be very he's in high demand. Um, the Bulls were looking towards him. The um, the Mavericks were looking into him. Milwaukee's looking into him. He's he's a, he's a high commodity for for this weak buyer market. But I wouldn't mind getting Goran back only for the nostalgic purpose and to have him there. But if we're looking from a more realistic point of view, I'm looking more towards a Paul Millsap who can stretch the floor as as you know as a backup. He's only going to be play, playing eight to 12 minutes a night. Well, if we're going to be realistic, he's not going to be looking to play outlandish minutes. If he can fit into the system, that's great, but he would give us that best chance at getting a backup to PJ. Um, Cause he does stretch the floor. He doesn't shoot the three as amazingly as we'd all, as we, you know, as we want from a player on our team, but you know, what Spoh does, does the players, it's just the system get, uh, gets kicked in and, you know, they perform at a really, really high level, which we've seen with, um, you know, a ton of players over the years. So, if we're going to take a bet on anyone, it'd be probably like Paul Millsap, in my opinion. Right. And you, Anthony? Yeah. Well, I love the Paul Millsap thing. Obviously, we understand his age, but for the role he's that the, for the role that he would play, you know, that's not too much of a problem. The biggest problem with uh, Millsap, I'd say, is that if he was to get bought out, I honestly don't think he would come here. We know that he kind of pursued him in the past, and he had a chance to sign with us, but he chose Brooklyn instead. And I know his relationship with Brooklyn started to get sour because he wanted a bigger role. And again, I don't even think his role here would be that big. 
I don't know how big his role in Philly is going to be, but at least he'd be on a contender. So I'd love Millsap. He does what they need. I just don't think they'd have a chance to get him. I did pull up a list of like the top five most wanted buyout guys just to get an idea. The first one they have is Gary Harris, who'd be interesting. He's a solid guard. He had a couple down years, but he's shooting 38% from three this year, which isn't too solid. They got another guard, Dennis Schroeder, who we all know is a good player, but he's obviously very similar to Gabe Vincent. And I think Spo would just have a little more trust in Gabe. The other guy they got is Robin Lopez. Obviously, there's not really need for him. And then they got a guy that I kind of wanted from the beginning of the season that uh, he might get bought out. The thing that makes it hard is it would be so much money is John Wall. So I'm curious what you guys might think about a John Wall, because obviously he's still a really good player. Even then, it might be tough for him to get minutes here because you have to sit Gabe, who's been playing well all year. And we know Wall is is, kind of washed, but I've been interested in him before the season. I was interested in Kevin Love. Uh, Because obviously I didn't expect Cleveland to be as good as they are, but since they are performing so well, they're, you know, they're more of a buying team than a selling team, but John Wall interests me. And then this list also has Goran. I love Goran back. Same as George for nostalgic reasons. I don't think he'd play, but at the very least you can bring back one of Jimmy's best friends and make him happy. So I certainly would be happy with Goran as well. Right. Um, so my opinion real quick with um, John Wall, like I've always wanted John Wall to start of the season as well. But like, I do feel like, you know, because he's making so much money and he has the potential to make more. I do think that he probably won't do a buyout and, you know, just continue to get his cash. I mean, you can't blame him for being like that, because at the end of the day, this is going to be like his last major deal. So unfortunately, unless like because a trade was never going to happen, I mean, because unless Miami was to be crazy enough to throw in Jimmy Bam or Lowry for it. I like John. Well, obviously they wouldn't, you know, a trade would literally be impossible. You'd literally have to trade everyone from the roster side. Those three guys, you know, if you'd want to get a guy like John wall, because you know, that contract is humongous, but you know, those names were definitely interesting. And how about you, Brian? Oh, my bad. Uh, yeah, so I, no one really interests me on the buyout market. I mean, I feel like we still have to wait. To see. Maybe there's going to be a couple of the guys, but, you know, the Paul Millsap would be cool. He would be definitely – he'd definitely be good. Uh, PJ Insurance, Derek Favors. Did he already get bought out, or is is he what's, – what's, what's the status with Derek Favors? Um, from my understanding, he's going to be um, – he, he's planning to be bought out. All right, cool. And yeah, I would be cool with Derek Favors. Um, kind of guys like that, like guys that can play the four or five um, as a backup to PJ. But outside of that, I just I don't really want another guard just because they're not going to get minutes. You're already bringing back Victor Oladipo. So anybody at the one or the two, or I guess any guard um, probably wouldn't play. And even if there was an injury, then that kind of just means that another one of our guards is going to play more. So it would be like really, really like if they were playing something catastrophic would have had to happen. Um, maybe you could look for another wing, but you know, even guys like Tyler, uh, Duncan, Oladipo, I'm sure in some stretches can can play the wing spot um, or can play up a little bit. Max, dude, there were stretches last season where he was playing the four. Uh, not that that's ideal, but yeah, I, I don't know. I don't think that this buyout market is super strong. Um, no one in particular interests me. I guess Goran is the name that people are talking about, but 
I I don't want Goran on this on this roster just because he's not going to play. And I feel like you you already got rid of a dead roster spot in KZ. You know, like there's no reason in my opinion to add another one. Uh, you know, salute Goran for everything he did, but I'm not feeling bad for the man that had 19 million dollars last season. Like I eat a cup of noodles for dinner, bro. <laughs> like no one's feeling bad for me, so I'm not feeling bad for Goran. He's good. Uh, yeah, we're I, I I don't I don't really I don't really think that they need to make a big splash on the bottom market though. Like their big addition is going to be Victor Oladipo, um, and that we're going to roll with that. Right, and quick thing I want to bring up is that Shams actually just tweeted as this part is being recorded that. The he are apparently signing Haywood Highsmith to another 10-day deal. Now, I'm, I was a little surprised when I saw this because at first I thought it was just one of those hardship deals that you sign someone after a player gets COVID. But since none of the Heat players are in protocols, according to these injury reports, apparently, I don't know, maybe this is a guy Miami wants to experiment with. Um, I don't know if, George, you have, an assert, have a certain opinion about that. But I know you got something you want to add. Yeah, sorry. I just I'm just being thrown off by the, just the image of, of Brian warming up a cup of noodles for dinner. That just that just stayed in my head. But what I wanted to say, um, I just wanted to clarify something. Paul Millsap hasn't been brought out yet. He did come over in the James Harden trade uh, to Philly. The uh, the coach uh, Doc Rivers has been. He, he has commented on saying he might use him um, as an old head in the in the locker room, someone that. that is a veteran presence for them. I, I just highly doubt that he'll still be on the team by the time team, uh, you know, this time tomorrow. I feel like he will get bought out. I don't think there's a, a place for him there. But going back to the Goran thing, I just wanted to add, this team is extremely guard-heavy. If you're looking, like, just, just from an outlook, Hero, Lowry, Oladipo, when he comes back, Robertson, uh, Caleb Martin, you can play the two or, two or three, maybe in the four. Kyle Guy, Gabe Vincent, these are all, and, and Max Struess, these are all players that, that that take up that that you know those roles, those minutes for him. If Goran wants to come back, do I think he could, he could contribute? Absolutely, but would he get the minutes? No, there'd be no way. There'd be no no room for him in the rotation to fit him back in. So I, I'm a fan of the idea more than the actual execution of getting him on this team. Right, you know. Overall, and like I love Goran too. Um, you know, it's all just a matter of what the Heat want him back. And you know, just this just goes back to you know what you know the Heat want to do. You know, I trust the front office. I'd love to have Goran back for the nostalgia, but that's basically it. You know, you definitely don't want him on the floor that much, especially because this isn't really a guy that's known for his defense. So, you know, overall, like like I said, I love Goran, but you know, we'll, we'll see what the Heat does, you know. And we don't know what's going to happen, especially now with the Heat signing this guy to a 10-day deal. You know, we'll just see what happens moving forward. Anyways, I don't want to talk about buyout market all day because now it's time for the Spotlight Heat Player of the Week. Heat fans, you know the drill. So the Heat have been on a five-game winning streak, including these past two games that we mentioned earlier. And, you know, the Heat didn't make a trade, you know, aside from Casey Alcala, this roster is still the same. We got all the pieces from what we started the season with. So with that being said, with the options still remaining the same and no new players joining in the category, 
what is your spot? Who is your spotlight heat player of the week? Um, you can start us off, Brian. Bam Adebayo, because he's been more aggressive. Uh, he's great. If he played more games this season, he would 100% be an all-star. I have this delusional part of me that believes that if the Heat keep the number one seed, he could be all-NBA. Uh, like, there's no other center in it, unless we're considering Giannis a five. So I think you consider Giannis anything from a three to a five. But uh, outside of Bam, like, there's no there's no big in the NBA or in the East that's better than – or outside of Embiid, rather. There's no big in the East that's better than Bam. Um, that's my guy. You know, he's, we already know about the defense that's been talked about to death because he's, he's one of the best guys in the league at that. Um, we know about the facilitating, we know about the scoring potential. Um, we know about the athleticism, you know, everything, you know, there's a million parts of Bam's game that, you know, you can point to and be like, that guy's amazing. But the, the ability to flip the switch and become a scorer and and be a guy who can really lead you in that in that category, I think is something that we've been asking of him. And he's been doing that as of late. So I'm happy to see it. I'm happy to see that he's starting to recognize that he is that star guy. He is a star player. He doesn't have to defer to anybody. Not to say that he should be 100 percent selfish all the time, but like when it's your time to score, when it's your time to go, that makes you more dangerous. That makes other guys more dangerous. And to see him do that while still maintaining those other parts of his game is fantastic. So, shout out, Bam. Mm-hmm. And you, George? For me, personally, I, there's a part of me that wants to pick Kyle Lowry because of the fact that, you know, the team has found success since he's been back. But I have to go with Bam, too. Bam is just, when he's aggressive and he wants to win and when he wants to play the way he, he wants to play, he is as scary as they come. When when he's driving down the, you know, the lane, there, there must be defenders that just get shook out of their boots for him. I, I, I'm not even, I can't even sugarcoat it. He's probably the best. He's the third best big in the NBA as it stands right now. It, it, that's just my opinion, but he's just that good. And when he's that guy for us, we're that much of a better team. It, he shows it on the court, shows it on the stat sheet. And, you know, he's the spotlight player of the week for me. Right. And then you, Anthony? Well, I got a couple of things I want to say. One, George, you sleeping on ramen noodles, bro. Those are actually pretty good. So, Brian, I'm with you. Two, Joe, you fabulous. <laughs> two, Joe, you got me so hyped. You over there talking about Shams just announced the Heat have signed. And I'm over here thinking Goron. I'm thinking this and that. Then you said, hey, we're Highsmith, which is cool. Uh, that probably <laughs> has something to do. <laughs> that probably has something to do with like uh, when they convert Caleb, they'll have another two way spot available. Uh, but you got me hyped, but I mean, that's cool. He played a few games here. He shot good, whatever. Uh, and for me, the spotlight player of the week is easily KZ Akpala. KZ, thank you for your sacrifice, bro. Have a nice life, man. I hope it works out for you. Uh, and I like what George said too. Bam, third best big in the league. You know, you could throw uh Joel and sloppy fat boy one and two, but bam, number three. I like that, man. Respect. Right. And you know what? Y'all know I usually like to make a different choice for the spotlight heat player of the week. But I also feel like I got to go with Bam because I feel like since forever we've been asking him to be aggressive and all that. And to like see him, you know, take take the amount of shots that he's taking these past few games, you know, to see him, you know, rise up and be that star player we know he's capable of being, you know, you just love it. So I just hope that he continues to get better. And I can't wait to see what happens for him throughout the rest of this season. So 
you know, for me, I got to go with Bam. So that being said, you know, to everyone watching this on the Five Reasons Sports Network YouTube channel, we'd love to hear your um, Spotlight Heat Player of the Week. So go ahead and comment down below who you think deserves this honor. So now that we got that out the way, it's time for the final topic of today's pod. And that's none other than this Heat and Mavericks game, as they'll be going head-to-head with none other than Luka Doncic. The Mavericks are currently fifth in the Western Conference, holding the record of 33-24. and 24. The last time these two teams faced each other, Jimmy, Bam, Kyle, and Tyler combined for 92 of the Heat's 125 points, giving them the win last November. Facts aside, what's everyone's expectations for the Heat heading into this upcoming game? Now, before I ask you guys, just keep in mind that Tyler will be out and Jimmy and Caleb are questionable for this game. So now that we got all that out the way, tell us your expectations, George. All right, firstly, I just want to put this out there. I I lived off noodles, okay? (laughs) And the reason I have a car, (laughs) because I have to eat them every damn day just so I can afford it. So... You know the light, George. I respect it. Respect, respect. <laughs> Dude. All right, back to the game. Um, the Mavericks came off a pretty disappointing loss the other day. Uh, and Luca has 45 and 15, and you still lose, especially to the Clippers. It's going to be, you know, a sad day. But there's two. There's a, there's a factor for and a factor against this game. The factor for is that we are still undefeated with two days of rest. Now, unless I'm very, very tired, and we've actually played yesterday, uh, which we didn't. So, <laughs> so of two days of rest, we're undefeated. So coming in, we'll be fresh, we'll be ready. Um, I don't think that you know we, we should be afraid of you know this team. But the the what's going against is the fact that they've just come off a really really bad loss. They're going to be hungry to to win. They're going to be you know licking their their chops to licking their chops at the moment. The fact that Jimmy might be out with hero tomorrow. So it, it depends on who's available. I think if Jimmy plays, it's going to be a pretty good game to watch. Um, if someone could guard Doncic and don't let him score 50 on us, then we should be okay. But it's going to be a really, really fun game, exciting. And it's, it's going to be interesting to see who steps up in, in you know, with, with hero being out and possibly Jimmy. Right. And how about you, Anthony? Well, I got good news for you, Heat Nation. I'm going to the game tomorrow, right? And all time, my record going to Heat games, I'm probably like 30 and four. So I have a pretty good record. I'm one and one this year. I went to the Philly game where Joel whooped on whooped up on us uh, last time. So that's good news. So as far as that, I'm confident the Heat will win. Uh, obviously, Jimmy uh, is questionable. Tyler is out. It's kind of hard to judge the Heat team because we've seen this year with their stars out. They've still performed really well and somebody always steps up. Kind of the thing that might help them the most is I did see Tim Hardaway Jr. is out for Dallas tomorrow, and he always kills Miami, especially in Miami with obviously his dad's jersey hanging up there and everything. So he's pretty much a heat killer, good player, so not a not a scrub heat killer or nothing, but he's out tomorrow, so that should help. And like George said, Luca did everything he could last game. They couldn't get it done. So if they're able to contain him, you know, they shouldn't have too much of an issue. Right. And then what's your take, Brian? I have no idea because Tyler and maybe Jimmy are out. Uh, I'm going to say, as a Heat fan, I'm going to say, you know, they're going to win by, by double figures. Easy. Like, it's not even anything we should, we should you know, be worried about. Bam's going to have a 40-point triple-double. Uh, Kyle's going to have a 50-point triple-double. 
Maxius is going to break the records for most threes in the game. Gabe Vincent's going to look like the second coming of Fred Van Vliet times two. Like, I believe all these things are going to happen in my heart. Haywood Heisman is probably going to play and turn into Michael Jordan on the court, you know? But in reality, I don't know, man. I can't predict the future. If I could, if that was a real thing on earth, uh, you know, that would be there'd be a lot of implications about physics and the universe that kind of terrify me because it would mean that the future is predetermined, which would mean that the future exists in some place uh, that we could maybe reach, which is kind of crazy. The point I'm saying is, I don't know, probably going to win, maybe. Yeah, that's my take. Uh, I love the guts take, Brian. And George, I know you got something you want to add. So I just want to put this out there. So, Brian, you're saying that we're going to win 273 to five points. Is, it, is this what I'm hearing? That's exactly what I'm saying, George. That is the literal exact score that we're going to win by. I respect it. I respect it so highly. Now, I just, I, I just wanted to put this out there as well. Um, if Caleb's back, Caleb is going for 50. Carl uh, Guy will uh, actually be the one to break the record, not Max Struess. Uh, but... I just want to put this out there about Tim Hardaway Jr. I actually always thought he'd be in a Heat jersey sooner or later. Um, but he's going to be on the sidelines now, so that's even better for us. I was going to say that he is a Heat killer, but he's not playing. So we shouldn't have any problems if Jimmy plays. And I don't know. I, I'm pretty sure he feels pretty good after the, uh, the Super Bowl trailer he was in the other day. Uh, so that, that he'll, you know, he should be fine. He should be happy to, enough to go. Right. So for me personally, I do think that he should win. You know, like you said, like you said, Brian, I, I expect everyone to have a very good game. I expect all the records to be broken. And we are playing against the Mavs of all teams. And y'all, y'all already know how us Heat fans feel about Mavericks fans. Well, not even Mavericks fans, but Mavs in general. So y'all know we got to show out and everything. So that that's my prediction. I think the Heat will beat the Mavericks. and. Honestly, that's basically all there is to it, you know? Like, it doesn't matter who has the good game and who wants to be, like, the way to drop, like, career numbers against them. You know, as long as it's against the Mavericks, it's fine by me. So with that being said, I feel like we covered so much on today's episode. And, you know, just to quickly hop in on that convo about the ramen noodles, I just got to say, Maruchan noodles are goaded. So, you know, I'm definitely on team ramen noodles. So now that we got that to quickly hop in for that. So anyways, uh, thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode of the Heat vs. the World podcast. If y'all want to check out more content, go ahead and follow our Twitter and Instagram at HBTW Podcast while checking out our website at hbtwpodcast.wordpress.com. Last but not least, make sure to check out Culture Shop the Heat vs. the World's newest extension show, which is the Miami Heat pod to feature an all-women cast as they'll be dropping a new episode very soon. They're the first ever to do it. And once again, thanks for tuning in to today's episode of the Heat vs. the World podcast. And we'll see you guys soon with another episode. We out. Thank you for listening. And we'll see you next time with a brand new episode of the Heat vs. the World podcast.